Welcome to another edition of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. It is Monday, March 23rd. And today we continue our rewatch of the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals between the Calgary Flames and your Tampa Bay Lightning, in which Tampa Bay Lightning made their first appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals in their franchise history and went on in in seven games to win their first Stanley Cup. So we're going to take a look at that. Today we look at game six in which, you know, the Lightning were up against the wall in this one. Um, You know, it's no easy task after going down a game uh, at home and then going to Calgary and try and do uh, extend the series and bring it back to Tampa. So that's definitely a, uh, you know, incredible feat for them as they went into this game. Um, you know, you could tell they were tired. Uh, both teams were tired um, after playing, um, you know, an overtime um, in game five. And, uh, you know, it was more of the same thing in this game as well, just because, you know, just a little spoiler alert, uh, this game goes into two overtimes, which, um, you know, in my opinion, I'm not really a big fan of overtime in the postseason. Um, I believe that, you know, they should kind of stick to the rules that they have in the regular season where they play one overtime, five minute overtime, and then they go to a shootout. Um, just because I believe that I think from a, fan perspective if you know the nhl wants to get new fans into the game during the postseason i think that one of the most exciting things in hockey is a shootout um let me know what you you think about that uh do you think that the nhl should eventually move to the shootout in the playoffs um or should they just keep the 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 playoff um format as is where they just play continuous overtime let me know what you think about that um that's just a you know my personal opinion as where i think that they should just keep it um you know uh i think they should just move to the shootout so in this game like i said you know it's it's you know they kind of they, they have their backs up against the wall you know it's either win win and go home or win or go or lose or go home um Obviously, you know, if they lose this game, that's it. The series is over, and Calgary will take the Stanley Cup trophy and keep it with them in Calgary. Or, you know, the game, if Tampa Bay wins this game, they they have a chance to win it back home in Tampa. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously Calgary wants to win it. Wanted to win game six and just get the series over with, not have to take a chance and go back to Tampa. But I think part of the reason is because – if you look at uh, if you were watching this this series, which you should, and then you could go back and you know listen along to uh, all my episodes discussing you know the entire series as you know once I wrap this up, uh, you could see that Calgary as well as Tampa, you know they had a little bit of a tough time playing in Tampa at the St. Pete Forum just because um, you know the conditions there aren't as good during i guess warm weather if you want to say like that especially in the you know the 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 humid uh months of of you know this is about june now so yeah it's a lot hotter than usual um and humid as well just because uh the ice you know and they mention it throughout the the series every time tampa plays a game at home uh is that a lot you know the ice begins to melt a lot faster a lot sooner into the periods just because you know of the, the heat outside and if anyone's ever played hockey in a obviously in an ice rink uh during the warm months you you definitely know what i'm talking about um you know it doesn't feel as cold in there as it normally would during a hockey game during you know 
whether it's, you know, in the cold, cold months of November, December, January, February. Um, but yeah, it's, I think that was, I think, uh, Calgary definitely had a lot of trouble in some ways just because the puck tends to bounce a lot more. Um, you know, not a lot of clean passes and, you know, that's definitely something that Tampa could use and should have used to their advantage as to, you know, they, they know what to anticipate, uh, going into these games at home, especially when the weather's like this. And so that was something I think Calgary definitely did not want to have to deal with again, going forward in the series. So, but I think Tampa obviously, you know, didn't want to go back to Calgary with, uh, down in games just because, uh, if you've been watching this series, which, um, you know, take a definitely, you know, pay close attention to the games in Calgary. The, the fans, I think, play a huge, huge role in this. Not saying that the the Lightning fans do not, but these Calgary fans are absolutely insane. Uh, they they show a, they bring a lot of energy, a lot of noise to the building. Um, you know, whenever the refs make a a call that is not in the favor of the, the Flames, you know, they will make the refs uh, know their displeasure. So, you know, that's definitely something that I found that was pretty interesting and um, kind of amusing at times, depending on what the call was. Um, I believe there was a referee uh, they mentioned in the, the pregame. Uh, and if, you, if you're having trouble finding any of these games, just go on YouTube, you know, search it. I believe games one through five uh, are part of the Canadian broadcast channel, sports. Um, whereas I found games six and seven, um, from the ESPN feed. So that was kind of have the, that was kind of good to see, have a little bit of a change just because, uh, you know, there were certain areas in the game, you know, no disrespect to the Canadian, the CBC, uh, they, there was certain times where the commentators would, you know, discuss things more in depth towards the Calgary flames instead of obviously the American team, the Tampa Bay lightning. But I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really, that's not really a big deal to me, but you know what I would like to have seen sometimes to have kind of like an equal amount of information dispersed between the two teams. Um, but that's the way it is obviously on a Canadian channel. And I'm sure Canadian fans, when they listen to broadcast on, you know, the American channels, they, they feel a certain type of way, you know, maybe the Canadian teams aren't getting as much airtime when being spoken about as maybe some of the American teams, but anyways, let's move on. So, yeah, this, this, you know, the lightning, like I said, multiple times already there, they're up, their backs up are up against the wall just in this one, just because they're playing kind of, you know, they're playing in front of a, an incredibly, incredibly crazy crowd um, and a crazy passionate crowd as well. You know, these fans, obviously, you know, even though they have experienced a Stanley Cup championship back in the 80s, they, um, they, they, they're hungry for another one as they, you know, every fan base, I'm sure so like I've said in past episodes, and I'll say it again, uh, you know, I'm going to be talking about these games as if they are happening now, you know, as if, you know, let, let's let's play the imagination game. You know, you're jumping back in the time machine and you're going back to 2004 and you're watching these games for the first time. And I think that's the way you should only look at them. You know, obviously, there's probably a big, a uh, large number of Lightning fans that have already seen these games and probably remember, um you know, a lot of details to this game that, you know, some, maybe some of the younger lightning fans do not, um, you know, a lot of lightning fans in the, you know, 20 in their twenties and early thirties were only about 12, 13, 14 years old. And of course, you know, there's certain, certain things you probably don't remember. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, so let's just jump into the game right away. Enough talking about the little things. But yeah, so uh, first period, back and forth, you know, uh, Lightning were tr doing a good job pushing the pace. Um, you know, for the first time in this series, it looked like the Lightning were in full control, uh, which was kind of interesting based off of what they said in the pregame, what John Tortorella said, where he said that um, it seemed like often, you know, there was no momentum because, you know, neither team, both teams kept going back and forth winning games. You know, there was really no teams that were, neither team was uh, able to win games uh, consistently in a row. But uh, he he did say something interesting that he f thought that the, 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 the Flames had a lot more momentum in the games. They were able to carry the momentum that they had uh, throughout the games in which they won. But I I didn't really see it for that much. Obviously, he's the coach, so he would, you know, he views it at a lot, a lot different perspective than I would. Um, you know, anyone who is familiar with how John Tortorella is, you know, just his personality, just from seeing him uh, from any of the press conferences he's ever had, um, knows he could be very hard on his players. Um, so obviously he, he looks at, you know, the way his players play, uh, in a different light than obviously we do, but yeah. So anyway, I thought the lightning played very aggressive. Um, it was up until I want to say maybe the 11 or 12 minute mark into the first period where, um, I, you know, I think the flames only had like two shots on goal, which I was surprised to hear, you know, it was just, but then again, at the same time, you know, once you take a second to think about it, you realize the Lightning have really been controlling puck for a majority of this this period, and you know, Flames haven't been playing, um, you know, the usual rough and tumble hockey that you would really see them play throughout this uh, this series. You really saw they. It seemed like after Game Four, they kind of stayed away from that because it seemed like they wore themselves out. They, you know, if you were if you've been watching this, which I hope you have, uh, really fun series thus far. They've the Calgary Flames have been, you know, in their first four games, they've really um, been trying to go out there and bully this Lightning team. And, you know, the Lightning made the mistake the first couple of games to really play into that and try, you know, hit back against the bigger Flames team. And, you know, kind of in the process of doing so, they wore themselves down and allowed the Flames to, in a way, have their way with them, um, you know, on on the phys physical part of these, these games. So, uh, and then after that, the lightning kind of played their own fast paced hockey, you know, um, really more skill, skill play, kind of the, the kind of play that you see in today's NHL and the flames didn't really have an answer for that. And what ended up happening was that the flames eventually started playing that style of play, which I think really, um, if you look at the two teams and how they stack just physical wise, I think that, um, gives the advantage to the lightning. So I stated a couple of, episodes ago, I believe it was game four, was that uh, the for in order for the Lightning to be successful going forward in the series, like I said already, you know, um, we're looking at this series as if it's happening on a nightly basis, if we've gone back in time and we're watching this for the first time. So in order for the Lightning to, you know, be successful going forward in the series, they needed more contributions, I thought, from Marty St. Louis. Um, you know, granted, yeah, he was creating a lot of opportunities, not only for himself, but for his teammates by setting them up with good uh, passes in the zone as well as in the low slot. Um, he did have a goal in game five, uh, which, you know, kind of had a kind of had a lucky bounce. Um, 
So, you know, obviously sometimes part of this game has to do with luck and, you know, you'll take goals any way you can. But so first period, um, you know, nothing really happened. These two teams were playing back and forth. Very good competitive first period. But if you had to give, you know, the edge to one team, it would definitely go to the lightning in this. Um, but yeah, going. why did I bring up Marty St. Louis, my ass? Because uh, 417 into the second period on the power play, which, you know, if you've been listening to this show, if you're a usual listener, you know that I always emphasize whether it's been just on, you know, whether whoever, whoever the lightning play, I always emphasize the importance of, you know, taking full advantage of being on the power play and, you know, trying to score, you know, obviously you can't expect a team to play. Uh, to score every time they're on the power play. But, you know, you want them, if, if they could score, you know, once out of every three chances, I'll take those numbers every every day. So uh, Brad Richards, who has been absolutely huge for this team uh, during the run, um, scores his 11th goal of the playoffs. Um, and the assist to Marty St. Louis, granted, he didn't get the goal, which I have no problem with, but uh, him being involved in creating that chance for Richards, um, you know, to let loose with the big slap shot, um, you know, as well as just giving him a chance, uh, a good chance to score. Uh, you definitely, that's definitely a good sight to see. Um, and then about five minutes later, unfortunately, uh, Flames' Chris Clark uh, scores his third goal, um, and that'll tie the game at one. But then again, uh, about a minute and a half later, uh, Brad Richards scores another power play goal to give the Lightning a 2-1 lead. Now, you know, Brad Richards has been absolutely incredible. Uh, he eventually does win the Conn Smythe, um, you know, after for this when the series is over. Um, and you can see why he's, you know, he's right now in terms of on the offensive side and offensive production. You know, Brad Richards is the heart and soul of this Lightning team. Uh, so, you know, definitely, um, you know, moving forward in the series, uh, you, you definitely want to keep an eye on Brad Richards. Obviously, you know, I said that on my an episode probably a couple of probably a couple of episodes ago, but yeah, that's definitely um, he's you know the number one goal scorer, the number one option on this team. So you you definitely want to see good production out of him, but you also want to see production out of other players such as Marie St. Louis and Vinny LeCavier. And then about seven minutes later, after the Brad Richards, after Brad Richards scoring his second goal, Marcus Nielsen. Uh, Pots went in to tie the game again at two, uh, which is pretty frustrating, obviously, from a Lightning fan's perspective. Uh, it seems like every time the Lightning put one in, uh, Calgary Flames have an answer about five or so minutes later. So, you know, that's very frustrating, especially in a game six. It feels like uh, Calgary won't won't quit. They won't get down, which is obviously, you know, the kind of attitude any fan wants to see their team have, especially in a game six in which your team has a chance to, to win the series. So... Nothing happens really in the third period. Uh, almost identical kind of period as what you saw in the first. Uh, a lot of action, of course. A lot of shots on net. A lot of great saves from goal, both goaltenders. Uh, I have to say that you know, and I and I praised them a lot in the last game. Uh, Nikolai Kabibulin absolutely played incredible, and you know you you kind of have to expect that from when a team goes on a deep run in the playoffs that, you know, their goalie gets hot. Um, that's kind of like the same theme that you usually have from uh, any teams that get hot in the playoffs is, you know, they usually have um, clutch scoring, uh, great defensive playing, as well as a hot goalie. And Kavi Bullen is absolutely on fire uh, in this series. He's been playing absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, he's not one of the, the well-known names in the NHL history, but um, he definitely goes out there 
um, just the way he's been playing. Uh, he reminds me of kind of like a, a Marty Brodeur in his prime uh, playoff kind of performance. Uh, you know, he's blocking everything. He's standing tall on traffic in, in front, and he's doing everything that, you know, you expect out of a, a you know, a hot goalie in the playoffs. So, you know, it was definitely enjoyable to see. So we'll jump ahead into the second overtime period because after the third, you know, they play one period of overtime and, you know, it was the same thing. Uh, both teams had a couple of good chances. Um, the one thing I had to, that I have to say about, you know, these periods, especially in overtime, as I was, I was sitting there and watching it was that anytime Jerome McGinley is on the ice um, and, you know, he's obviously at this point in time in 2004, one of the best players in the league. Uh, anytime you have a guy like that on the ice, especially when, the the commentators pointed out is you know it's not a comforting feeling um to have especially when you know the next goal for calgary not only ends the game but ends the series if you've been a listener of this podcast i'm sure you've heard all the great appetizers working with locked on to reach sports fans but you may not know that locked on lightning is a great way for your local businesses to reach passionate lightning fans just like you Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives you your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with the Tampa Bay Lightning fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit Locked On podcast backslash advertising and let us know who you are. And we'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com backslash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, just having Jerome McGinley on the ice. And it, it, it seems like every time he's on the ice in a big situation, the, the commentators, uh, no matter what game it is, they always... Um, they always kind of announce his presence and it's as a lightning fan uh, watching that, even though you know what the, uh, what the outcome of these games will be, you kind of get frustrated or not really frustrated. I would say um, you would, you would kind of um, kind of get, you know, anxious and worried that, you know, he's going to pop one in, especially if you watch game five, uh, again, even if you're not going to watch the whole game, uh, go ahead and watch the goal that Jerome McGinley scored in game five. Uh, an absolutely incredible goal. Um, I'll just recap it a little bit for you. So Jerome again, like gets the puck in the neutral zone and he, you know, skates up towards the blue line and he's, uh, he's in the zone and, you know, right before he reaches about the top of the, the, I want to say the right circle, he looks kind of behind his back, even though he has a, a lightning defender right beside him, he looks kind of behind him, sees that, you know, there's nobody trailing him and he just rips one from a, a very, very hard angle that, you know, you just would have thought that he was just trying to get a, um, a deflection or a rebound on it. So if there was a trailing flames player, uh, you know, that player could possibly jam it in for the rebound goal, but he just, it just go, it was an absolute rifle of a shot and it goes by Calby bull and it went in for a goal. And it was absolutely incredible. The, you know, the, the commentators who were announcing at the time and we're just absolutely mystified about how this shot went in. It was like the re it was the, the far post, of the net. And then, you know, even if you look at some of the lightning players or, you know, even some of the fans in the stands, they kind of were just were shaking their head. Like, you've got to be kidding me. But so that, that just shows you how talented this guy is and how, you know, he could tally one off at any moment. 
so yeah, let's let's jump into the second overtime. So second overtime, you know, at this point, if you were watching the game, um, you know, when it did occur in 2004, um, you know, you I'm sure at this point you were probably either super exhausted and frustrated that, you know, and want oh, you know, you kind of hope for this game to end, but you hope for, you know, if you're a Lightning fan that the Lightning kind of could pull it off. Um, and for those who, you know, are not aware, Calgary is two hours behind uh, Tampa Bay Eastern time. So, you know, especially if you're this game, I believe, starts at seven, you know, about three hours later is about 10 o'clock, 1030, maybe 11. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of exhausted and you just want to go to sleep. But at the same time, you got to you got you to gotta, you gotta stay up and watch the whole game if you made it this far. Um, so. You know, you're you're hoping for a quick uh, quick goal in this one, and you do get your your wish as uh, Mari St. Louis uh, jams in the rebound uh, 33 seconds into the second uh, second overtime uh, with assist from Br- uh, Brad Richards and Tim Taylor, uh, and this is St. Louis' uh, ninth goal of the playoffs as well as a power play goal. So it's it's kind of a good sign to see where you know the Lightning score all three of their goals on power plays. So I guess that's, you know, they could carry that momentum and, you know, um, that success with them into game seven, which is, uh, you know, a very good thing to have, you know, that you kind of feel invincible on the power play. So, yeah, uh, absolutely incredible game. Uh, (laughs) You know, it was like it's one of those things where um, you can't really be too excited about it, obviously, because, you know, these games happened about 16 years ago. But at the same time, you know, if especially in this time period where, um, you know, there's no games going on currently right now, of course. Um, but and you, but you have, you know, these games from the past that bring up good memories and, you know, are able, at least it's something for you to enjoy um, while you pass the time uh, with no sports on. So, yeah, with this win, uh, the Lightning get to go back to Tampa Bay. Um, they, they get a chance to, uh, you know, lift the cup at home in front of the fans for the first time ever. So, you know, that's a good sign. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, the, the thing that you want to carry into the next game is hopefully St. Louis could um, kind of create more chances, not only for himself and, you know, kind of put one or two in the back of the net, but also, um, you know, just be consistent on the ice um, as well as hopefully that Kobe Bullen uh, keeps up his hot play. Um, he had 29 saves in this one and 29 of them were not easy saves at all. So he played an absolutely incredible game, a uh, great all around game from everyone um, on the lightning. But the one player that, you know, kind of it seemed like he kind of disappeared since game five or game four where he suffered a head injury was Vinny LeCavier. Um, You know, it was kind of a scary moment where he got checked into the wall from behind on a. Yeah. You know, there's no way other way to say it, it was a dirty hit and his head bounced off the, the glass. And, you know, he was kind of on the ice for a couple of minutes or so. He looked kind of dazed to where um yeah, obviously in today's NHL he would immediately go into the concussion uh protocol. And I think back then, especially for when they didn't really take concussions as serious, um, I think the Lightning did a very good job. I believe there was only about five minutes left in this in that game where they didn't play him for the rest of the game. And I think that was a smart move, especially since they were in the lead um at that point. So they did a good job of, you know, letting one of their top players just figure out whatever it was he was going through. And, you know, obviously back then that's, that's kind of um, the old school term for what Vinny LeCabier had was a, uh, you know, he got the wind knocked out of him. But of course 
in today's world and, you know, everything that's happened in sports, uh, he definitely probably had a concussion in this one. Um, so hopefully, you know, he is better by game seven and, you know, does contribute to some extent. You always want to see one of your top players, especially in a game seven, um, put some, some, uh, contributions towards potential win. So yeah, before I, uh, you know, end the show today, um, you know, I'm going to have a couple of guests going forward. Um, hopefully I can have one of them on, uh, you know, later this week, you know, hopefully we could work something out, schedule something. But, um, other than that, you know, we have a lot of things going on forward, obviously content wise tomorrow, we will discuss game seven. Um, we'll go very in depth into that as well as, um, later this week, what we'll do, we'll do a little movie, uh, review. Uh, we'll talk about one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest hockey movies of all time. Obviously, there's Slapshot, but I'm talking about Miracle on Ice. Miracle, of course, about the, the 1980 USA Olympic team, which uh, did the impossible. And they, um, you know, they beat the, the Soviet Union and then they went on to win the gold medal. So we'll, we'll be talking about that. Maybe I'll leave that for Friday. Um, I'll give you more information about that at, on t- tomorrow's show. So. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, after you're done listening to this, why don't you hop on to Locked On NHL, the, you know, the, the national show for the Locked On Podcast Network. And today on the show, they will discuss, uh, you know, which players are in the running for the Calder Trophy. Uh, obviously, the Calder Trophy is given is kind of the NHL's Rookie of the Year uh, award. So they'll discuss that. They'll discuss players about like, uh, like Cal McCarr or Dominic Kubinick. So uh, tune into that after you're done with this. Um, I'm, it's a great show. I was actually on the Locked On NHL show about uh, maybe the first couple of weeks of, of February uh, discussing, you know, the Lightning, just introducing the show as well. Um, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Um, it's great. It was a good, great segment. I was glad. I was had a lot of fun being on there with Sarah. So yeah, that's been it for the show today. I hope everyone's having a great Monday. Uh, just be safe, wash your hands. Um, and I'll talk to you tomorrow and we'll be discussing game seven of the 2004 Stanley cup finals. So that's it for the show. That's been it for lockdown lightning part of the lockdown podcast network. I'm your host, Adam Baker. Have a good one. I'll talk to you tomorrow.